1: On the seventh hour of the last day of June 2022, several people from around the U.S. reviewed a television show. This was unusual, only in the fact that it really isn't that unusual at all. Completely normal occurrence for the site, actually. Mrs. Mindy Keenan, eccentric actress extraordinaire, resolved to collect and record as many of their thoughts and feelings on the show as possible within about a 20-minute time frame. She got three reviewers. One, Jenna. How do you know their neighbors? Two, Marcos. Ahoy, ahoy. And number three, Jordan. Good evening. The one of us crew in the review of The Umbrella Academy, being part three of season three of the Netflix original series based on the comic books by Gerard Way and Gabriel Bá, Which I hope I pronounced that last name right. It's Spanish and their accent is on the A.
0: Yeah, that would be right. <laughs>
1: Sweet! I got it right! <laughs> Yes, hello one and all! Umbrella Academy, based on the graphic novels. Each season being based on one of the graphic novels in particular. The first being Apocalypse Suite, the second, Dallas, and the third, Hotel Oblivion. And yes, I did that specifically so I could show off my comic book collection.
2: (laughs) As you should, I would do it at any point.
1: (laughs) So what'd y'all think about this one?
2: Well, I would first like to say this was beautifully well done in a lot of ways. Just the right amount of chaos that I come to expect being a big fan of the comics and of the TV show. And I thought this carried over how great season two was in many, many ways and personally touched me as a transgender viewer. That said, Netflix, you can still suck my lady dick. No,
3: yeah. that was the show I was expecting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be
0: honest. I'm just kind of let down a little bit off the, coming off season two. It just was not as crisp as the last season. And I know that that's going to be a little bit of a weird thing to say. Overall, it does feel like a little bit like there's two different stories that are being rushed in this season.
1: Well, I think part of that may be that it suffers a little bit of the Game of Thrones syndrome in that this is, yes, based on graphic novels that already exist. And granted, based on is a very loose term. But this latest season is a combination of Hotel Oblivion and the next one, Sparrow Academy, which has not been published yet. While Ba and Wei are executive producers, they're still the well, we haven't exactly written the source material yet, so we can go away from it more. So I think that may be the issue, is that it's like, okay, we have more freedom, which in turn takes it away from what they were going for based on the core. Mm -hmm. That makes sense.
2: Yeah, no, totally. I get that, and I'll personally say I do love this season, but it is not without fault. Especially talking about Klaus, I kind of felt like he was disconnected for a while until his part of things came in we should probably explain what the plot of this season is Oh
1: yes. (laughs) well since the series is all over the place why not the description of what actually happens so would anyone like to give a synopsis
2: i'll take a shot several children are born on the same day in the same year at the exact same time seven of them are taken by a rich asshole with too much time on his hands And are emotionally abused into becoming the X-Men.
1: What? That's pretty much
2: it, yeah. Only
1: much more lethal. What?
3: Am I wrong? I mean, you're not wrong, but I wish even that had been the show. The more you guys
2: talk about- Anyway, the first season, they all come together once they discover their father is dead and try and stop the world, but then discover that Victor- who is in the closet as Vanya, is actually the most powerful sibling of them all and causes the end of the world. But they manage to time travel into the second season in Dallas, Texas, 1963, where they think, oh, now we know what to do. We will stop JFK from being assassinated, and that'll stop the end of the world that was prophesied At the beginning.
0: Just kind of a spoiler for season two. Only one character thought that.
2: Yeah. And so they do manage to stop the apocalypse and then find a way back home where they are suddenly realizing, oh, there are... Seven of our assholes in our place. And our dad's alive.
1: Yes, and those being the Sparrows, who were also raised in the exact same way to be the same emotionally damaged X-Men.
0: Is it spoilers <laughs> to talk about that only happens for like three episodes and then the, there's a more important plot that's the main plot?
1: There's another end of the world calamitous event that's about to happen. You know, same <laughs> old, same old. <laughs> Every single season, it's the apocalypse. Let's not lie. It's just, here's another apocalypse they have to save.
0: And then people are disappearing, and they don't know why.
1: Whenever I hear this,
3: I laugh and make jokes like this because it felt disjointed. So the commentary I'm hearing is like, I really wish what you guys are describing is what it is because I equally disliked just how the season went down. But after I watched it like two more times... I was like, this is definitely one of just those filler seasons. Like, it's not the greatest. It's not the worst. But you can tell this was affected by many production issues. I don't know what went wrong. There isn't that emotional impact that the other seasons had. There were certain things, of course, like the whole family dynamic with the sibling rivalry and all that. But for the most part, it just seemed like it was wrapping up character arcs. And it could have did it better. But I'm just excited for season four. I'll say that.
0: I want to say cuz they I mean the season kind of breaks apart Luther might be the only one that's kind of solidly written. Diego's is all over the place. Victor's is all over the place. Klaus just kind of disappears and then comes back at the end of the season.
2: Well, this is like the first season Luther really gets to have something to sink his teeth into. That, that is true. That isn't daddy issues That's... i mean we still get some but at least this time again there's some bite to it i fought tom hopper you know i really liked him the past two seasons but here i was like you are one of my absolute favorite aspects of this entire season now
1: well i think you guys kind of hit the nail on the head in that the umbrella academy is focused on a group of siblings and yet this season very much focused on their individual journeys and when you only have 10 episodes, they either have to be resolved quickly or have to be ignored and reduced. And then on top of that, you have the overall apocalypse arc and you have some other characters that are brought in that contribute to this. And not only that, you also have another family on top of their storyline as well. So it's like there are all these little branches of plot line that it's like, well, what do you focus on? And yeah, I, talking about how disjointed it is, and that very much feels like it's the core issue. Yeah.
2: I mean, even the tagline of the season says it uh, too many siblings, not enough timeline.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's clever.
2: I do want to point out because, well, trans representation matters. I honestly really did like how they handled the transition of Elliot Page with his character, Victor. Mm-hmm. Especially because there's not too much trans-mask representation. Amen there, to that. Honestly.
3: Amen to that. Hardly but-
2: any. Yeah, exactly. Like, look, I'm a trans-feminine person. I was like, look, I'm good, all right? Yes, I'm out here during Laverne Cox's Pride Month. It's totally fine, because I got plenty of trans-mask friends, and I would like to see them represented, too. And I know several of them were happy, and so was I, because... Elliot Page is just a great actor. He really fucking knocked it out of the park here. And there's just so much of his journey that, honestly, yeah, I kind of wish I had. Like, I wish I had the reaction of just it all it being cool and chill among my family. Like, Looper's reaction. It's like, oh, hey, uh, this is Victor now. Oh, so what else did I miss while I was kidnapped? Like, that really fits within the show Mm -hmm. so well. Again, really big wish fulfillment on my part, honestly. And honestly, I will say it was very nuanced, very deft how they handled it and didn't really make too big a deal out of it. Especially when we see the return of a character that was closely associated to him when he was known as Vanya in the second season.
1: I will say initially I had misgivings about transitioning the character. One, because I hadn't read the comics and I was like, how much is this going to deviate from the comics? Now that I've read them, I'm like, that's not really an issue. But I was worried that because as an actress, I feel like our job is for... The betterment of our characters, not the other way around. And I feel that is a very important job. So I was worried that it's like, you're changing the character for the actor. So I was initially worried about it. But once Victor came out, it was done really smoothly. Once he came out, the thing that I really wish they had done more of was establish it a bit more. Because This was clearly done because of Elliot Page and the fact that Elliot Page transitioned. It wasn't established early on that this was going to happen to the character. And granted, this is coming from a cis woman's point of view. I've never had to question what my gender identity is. So I don't know what that process is on a personal level. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. So I wish that maybe the transition would have happened like an episode later To give it time to establish, like, maybe some flashbacks when Victor was little and completely feeling like an outcast because they don't have any powers, but also because they don't even feel comfortable in their own skin. Because, like, there is a scene with Alice Swin where it's like, I couldn't look at mirrors, but that's never established in the character before. So, maybe, like, a flashback or two, maybe Victor holding his hair back as a kid or being really upset of having to wear one of the skirts as part of the schoolgirl uniform that all the girls in the umbrella academy have to wear just something to establish that this was a part of the character early on so that it isn't just he looks up his old girlfriend gets a boy's cut now i'm victor just a little bit more to smooth that out I don't, And I'll go into my final thoughts,
3: if that's all right, because I can talk about this season as much as I was like, it's mid. With <laughs> Elliot, I guess my issue wasn't even that. I actually didn't want that because then you risk just setting up a stereotype of that type of flashback foundation when other characters don't ever have that. So for me, it was just like, there's always this sense of... Everything's going to end. There are issues with time. their trauma around time. Everything has to be rushed. To me, it added to the mindset of just like, we have so much going on and so much trauma we just experienced that the transformation that each character makes makes sense in the essence of how they respond to it. I actually thought it was pretty genuine and less about... Okay, we're changing this character's gender and more about a bunch of actors on set, funny enough, and being like, Cool, that's what's up. We're gonna act like we actually treat you in real life. So I was willing to sacrifice a backstory for a genuine like watching cast members pass their roles and really like having a moment where this person's accepted not only in the script but also in real life. I just got more genuine connection. Because when it comes to Allison, (laughs) I actually did not like Allison this season. The way they wrote her really irritated me. It was like, we already got this WandaVision. Can we like do another trope? Thanks. (laughs) But like, to me, that added tension to their relationship because a lot of it had to deal with trust. And so Allison, one day saying, I love you and I'll do anything for you. And it's so accepting of them being comfortable in their identity because let's face it we all knew Vanya was a stud in transition let's be honest like the queer community we all knew so it was a joke to us you know what I mean like
2: I mean I'll be honest I'm a full-blood lesbian but every time I see pictures of Elliot Page I'm just like oh shit maybe I'm bi
3: right (laughs) so it's just like they handled it in a genuine authentic way I appreciate that And the feeling of not really going in depth, I think, added to that tension. Like, you really can't feel like how you said, Mindy. Like, you wish there was more behind it. Because if they actually had more behind the things that they said and how they treat each other, that switch up, you know what I mean, that they had in the later half of the season, it added to that tension of, like, just how Allison would switch up. And, like, yeah, they can be accepting, but they're still flawed people. So I feel like that kind of played on it well
2: yeah and i'll be honest i'd much rather right now given how the fucking government is and every law i'd much rather just see trans joy instead of trans trauma right now if i'm being completely honest
3: they already saved the world we don't need that (laughs)
2: Like, if you're not
3: having empathy for this character, exactly, this season really was about them coming to their own, because they are the most powerful. They should be making decisions. With Victor, that was a good art, because they kept playing with him, bro. Like, he wasn't hard. And it's like, he would be Goku. He would be everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your score, number one? um man if you love the last two seasons this definitely is a filler season it's not great it's not horrible there's some genuine good moments but you're basically getting a tie-up of story plot holes and then wrapping it up i would be more excited for season four and i just hope the writing gets better and i hope they don't make allison a fucking cunt this season i swear <laughs> to god y'all i hated her character this whole season and as a black woman who's also queer i was like if you don't suck it up and shut up and figure it out Just write her better in season four. So I give this a rating of seven out of ten times. I wanted to put little headphones on and listen to beach waves. Rest (laughs) in
1: peace. Rest (laughs)
0: in peace,
1: man. And how about you, number two,
0: Marco? So there's just too much going on. So it's kind of funny that you guys are like, oh, we should have added more to it. They don't have enough time for what's already on the screen. No one really gets, like I said, except Luther gets a solid arc. Everything is kind of disjointed. Number 11 said, oh, no, I really hate Allison's arc. I was like, yeah, she just went heel for no reason. There was no motivation. right? Since we've already seen her lose her family once, and she handled it better that time. And then her whole beef with Victor. I don't know why I didn't feel tension in those scenes. There was just like, oh, man, no, my friend's gone. It was weird. There was no tension in those scenes. And the Sparrow Academy ends up being kind of forgettable by the end of it. Yeah, I kind of forgot most of their names. I actually thought the most memorable Sparrow is the first one that disappears. Sorry, small spoiler. But other than that, everything else was uh, just so disjointed that nice. it was like, even if you want to see this as a filler season, like season one was disjointed, but it still was better written this season. If I had to take a personal gripe out, it's the other seasons are Klaus and number five heavy, and because they're barely in this season to a degree, they're not as fun. I feel like this season was kind of missing its fun because those two characters were sidelined for Luther, and to an extent, Ben gets a lot of showtime this season. Overall, I would probably say... Six out of ten unexpected harpoons. Oh, man. <laughs>
3: right. Can we just shut off the kid, though? Because the kid actually was a good addition. I like that
2: kid. That kid was pretty fun. Yeah, it's one of the few times where you see a kid in a thing, and it's like, okay, I don't want to throttle him.
0: I mean, between this and Black Phone, it's the best kid actors I've
2: seen in ever.
1: Well, I mean, number five is phenomenal regardless, so...
2: Yes, indeed. I will start my final thoughts by saying... Oh, first
1: of all, that kid is Stan, played by... Oh, I'm gonna butcher this. Havon Wana
2: Walton. (laughs) I'm glad you did it, because I was definitely gonna fuck it up.
1: Yeah, I probably said that completely wrong, and I apologize, Mr. Walton. (laughs) Yeah, hearing from the lawyers. (laughs) Anyway...
2: I will start off by this. This is still the best musically soundtracked show, I think, on TV at the moment. Oh, hell yeah. Hands down. Like, the needle drops? Excellent. Just wonderful.
1: And part of that has to do, it, I'm sure, with the fact that one of the writers of this comic is also in My Chemical Romance. So, he knows music. Yeah,
2: yeah, true. (laughs) I really like this season. I'm probably going to be the most positive here, but I do actually have to agree with jenna i really didn't like what they did with allison and here's the thing i love her character especially during the second season and just her complicated relationship really with victor from the start it's like this is great stuff it's what i loved in the comics and i thought they translated well but then when the reveal of how they didn't come to be the Umbrella Academy here happening. and how Allison handles it. Just, oh, sudden heel turns. like, you're not making this work. No, this makes no sense. No, I don't want to boo them. <laughs> and yeah, Klaus, I still really love Klaus, but his story takes a while to join us. And I am glad we did get a bit of calm fury as Sir Reginald Hargreaves. And yeah, we got a lot more of Justin Min as Ben, although slightly different from what we've seen. It's no longer like the, oh, happy-go-lucky, it's just like ghostly emotional anchor for everyone. He's an asshole <laughs> and gets to play around with it very well. I liked Victor's story. Lufer finally gets something Else to really sink his teeth into. Soundtrack's great. Badass Pogo for the win. Yes, Pogo.
3: <laughs> I fucking love me some Pogo.
2: Yeah, I would definitely let that chimp tattoo me. <laughs> and I will say, I also really liked Sloan number five from the Umbrella Academy. And the
0: Sparrow Academy. I mean,
2: yeah, Sparrow Academy. Ah, ah, I, I was going to mention, I do still love number five because Adrian Gallagher... Is still amazing. Just being like, you're a kid, but you are just the most cantankerous old man imaginable. He's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing.
0: They don't give they don't give him enough to do the season though. That's the only thing.
2: Some episodes feel disjointed, but I still really had a blast. I'm definitely excited to see where season four goes with this ending. So I'm gonna give the Umbrella Academy season three eight. Out of 10 busted suitcases.
1: I agree with a lot of you in that there was a lot going on this season and not enough time to get into it. That's that I did enjoy it. One of the things that I found that was interesting in regards to like comparison between the comics and the show is that the comics are very much focused on style. And don't get into characterization all that much. And that sounds like a bad thing, but it's not. It's actually incredibly interesting. But the style of it and the sense of humor of it, you're just like, sure, there is an anthropomorphic statue of Abraham Lincoln killing everyone, and the rumor brings about a John Wilkes Booth statue to kill him. Why not? (laughs) But the series allows itself to focus on characterization. It focuses a lot more on who these people are, which is why the fact that there's so much happening this season is a detriment to it. Because like, I want to know what's going on in each of your heads that you've done so well at establishing before, but you branch in so many different directions. We don't get all that. While I do wish that there was a bit more establishing it, Victor's transition and the relationship to his brothers and well, not necessarily sister, but brothers, was very lovely. Luther getting something to do other than just being like, I exist, is great. <laughs> the colors and the soundtrack is awesome. And the little bits from Hotel Oblivion that I could see, I liked being able to pick those pieces out. I do wish that the big major plot points, the two of them had something more to do because like the thing with all of their mothers essentially just fizzles out and then the apocalypse is like well that's that it's just that needed more but ultimately i did enjoy it so i'm gonna give it seven and a half out of ten fight scenes with a naked woman and a child that just are wrong It was really awesome to see, but the entire time, it's like, that is a child in real life. And you're doing a naked fight scene. What the hell?
2: Yeah. But on a more serious note, I do want to ask, who the fuck names their kid Elmer? (laughs)